everyone. Welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we have a little life update for you guys. Just what we've been working on lately and some exciting things that we have coming up this college gymnastics season. And we also talk about Tom Forrester resigning from his role as a high performance coordinator. But before we get into that, we want to take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Kathleen R., Amy M., Lucy S., Kevin K., Maya A., Becca S., Nina L., DFP, Blake B., Elaine E., Rydog, Cookie Master, Faith M., Kristen R., Lori S., Sabrina M., Amy C., and Eric S. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level, and thank you for sticking with us even when we've been really busy and we kind of, you know, disappear for a few weeks. Y'all are real ones. We appreciate you so much, and we love you, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, everyone. Long time no talk. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think oh, it's been almost a month since we posted an episode. That is so wild to me. I feel like it hasn't been that long. It feels like just yesterday we had an episode out, and it's been like a couple days that we haven't sat down to record a podcast. No, it's been a solid month. Yeah. <laughs> then you pull out your phone, and you look at the calendar, and you're like, oh, it's been actually a month, which is pretty crazy because I think we were doing so good with being so consistent. Like we've very rarely taken breaks, extended breaks from the podcast, I should say. We miss a week here and there, but we've been pretty consistent all year long. And then I think really in the last couple of months, the second part of the year, we've just been really busy and stressed out and you know, also, at least on my behalf, I can't speak for Ashley, but um, having some increased anxiety and some mental health stuff that I haven't really been used to experiencing in my life. So I think that's kind of just impacted my ability to like sit down and record the podcast and just be in the right headspace to be able to do that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think I just needed a break. Yeah. We all need a break from time to time. You know, I've been busy with school. I'm actually, as of Monday, I will be officially done with college. Yay! I have one more exam and then I'm done. So by the time you guys all listen to this, I will be done with college. So I'm really excited about that. Oh my that. gosh. I'm so excited for you. I literally Thank can't you. Wait, her graduation is this coming weekend, and I can't wait to cry. <laughs> I can't wait to cry. <laughs> cry good tears, though. I'm just really proud of you're, you. You're sick of crying sad tears. Now you want to cry some good tears. Exactly, right. And I feel like this coming week is going to really bring that for me because of you and you graduating, and it's just going to be some good vibes. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I love you. <laughs> love you, too. But we also have some other things that are making us happy right now, and that's college gymnastics season's right around the corner. Mm -hmm. College gymnastics season always brings us to life. I feel like, honestly, this time of year, I always just have a hard time. Like, I feel like my anxiety goes up. I just usually don't do well this time of year. But I feel like it's college gymnastics season that always kind of brings me back to life. It it pulls you out of your deep, dark depression. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I mean, it's good to have something that kind of gets you excited and feeling like your normal self. So I know. And that's why I love gymnastics so much. It's always done that for us in our lives. Yeah. It's my happy place. Yeah. And honestly, too, another reason that we've been so busy and another source of happiness for us the last couple of weeks has been, you know, spending a lot of time with the University of Michigan gymnastics team and getting to do this video. We did mention it on last week's episode. (laughs) Was it last week? (gasps) No, more like last month's episode. See, that's it feels like it's been just a couple days and it's actually been a month. See, my brain's not processing it. That's okay. You know what I mean. The last episode is what I'm trying to say, <laughs> not last week's. <laughs> but I, we mentioned it and we got to spend two days at practice with Michigan. So we were there on a Thursday and a Friday. And then we were also there that following Monday 
for their first inner squad of the season. It was like the in gym inner squad. Some of you guys probably watched it on Facebook because they were streaming it. But um, yeah, it was just really, really nice to be in the gym with them, getting to see how the reigning national champions look in the gym and getting to talk to them about you know, winning nationals last year and kind of feeling that magic and, you know, that special moment again with them. And it's so funny because you would think that they would be tired of talking about it by now, but they so aren't. And you could just see Bev and really everybody, when they talk about that moment, their faces light up and you could see the genuine happiness that it brings them. And I think we feel that way too as fans. Listening to Bev talk about that moment, because Ashley was the one that was actually doing Bev's interview. We kind of switched on and off, so we took turns doing interviews. So that way we weren't, you know, having, like, back-to-back interviews. because yeah. we did all the interviews on one day. So we had the coaches in the morning and the girls in the evening. Not the evening, actually, the afternoon. Like, two hours before, later, basically. Yeah, before their practice. And um, it was a lot of interviewing that day. So we alternated. But anyways, it was, you know, Ashley was doing Bev's interview and I was kind of just sitting back and like listening. And even though I've heard Bev talk about that moment so many times before, just having her relive it and see the expression on her face. There was one part, it actually didn't make it in the video, but she started to get a little bit choked up at one part. And then it just makes me so happy because you can just see how much it means to all of them. Yeah. And even like... Walking into that facility and seeing all the trophies that they have, because it's right when you walk in, they have a bunch of glass trophy cases and they have all the titles and stuff that they've won over the years. And there is a couple, well, actually there's, there's only two <laughs> second place trophies from NCAAs. And the last time they did that was 1999. And now to have that national championship trophy right in the middle yeah. <laughs> and we got to get it out to do a little photo shoot with it. And you guys will see some of those clips in the video as well, but it was just so cool and to see the banners hung up in the gym. I mean, it's just, as fans, lifelong fans of the program, it's really cool for us too to see them finally reach this point. And for Bev, you know, for how long she's been there, and Scott Sherman as well, the assistant coach, he's been there, or actually he's associate head coach now, but yeah. he's been at that program for so long. And, you know, Bev started when she was 23 when she got the job at Michigan. So it was really, really special to see, you know, what happened and to kind of really love that with all of them. And we hope you guys liked the video. So right now, part one is out. You can watch it on Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel and we'll link it in the show notes below for easy access. But if you honestly, if you just search like Inside Gymnastics on YouTube or even Inside Gymnastics Michigan, anything along those lines, you'll find it. And then it's also on Inside Gymnastics website, so InsideGym.com. We'll have all the links down below, so it's easy for you to get to. But um, Part two, we haven't posted yet as of the time that we're recording this. I think it's going to be going up maybe on Wednesday of the week that you're likely listening to this. It'll be very, very soon. So honestly, by the time you're listening to this, go check and see if part two is out. If not, check back very, very soon because it'll be out very shortly. Part two is basically just kind of a look forward at this season as they train and prepare for the upcoming season as the reigning national champion. So you'll see lots of training clips and kind of the hear the team's perspective on how they're navigating this season with that pressure on their backs of being the national champions and, you know, what their goals are for the season. Mm-hmm. So all of that will be in part two. And obviously, of course, part one is just a look back at the national championship and winning the title. So it's kind of... Um, all-encompassing of what this year has been for them, you know, from nationals until now. So we hope you guys enjoy it. We've worked really, really hard on it. Yes. (laughs) Do you want to hear about how hard we worked on it? Would you like us to tell you? Well, first of all, I can say from 
editing that video so many times, you start to memorize it, like, word for word. Like, I could, you guys know those TikToks where people were quoting videos, like, videos that live in their head rent-free? Yeah, and you basically, word for word, repeat after, like, a movie line or... or a commercial or something like that. That's basically us at this point with this video. And it's 20 minutes long, but I can, maybe not quite there yet, but I'm pretty close to being able to recite word for word every word that is said and also the way that it is said. Yeah, like the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, what clip won't wear like you guys you don't even know like how many times we had to like nitpick that video and fix little things and at one point the whole thing deleted (laughs) i was so done so get this so done well speaking of done we were done with the video like literally the video was done you guys we got it done within a week which i think is pretty incredible considering how much footage we had to go through we had really large like audio files from the interviews not just audio it's i mean let's be real it's it's video but we were making it like audio for the purposes of the video and like i don't even know how many training clips but two days worth of training clips hundreds of clips yes, we're talking that we had to upload to our computer go through organize into files so we organized them by gymnast so we had like a sierra brooks folder a natalie Wojcik folder abby brenner folder whatever for each person on the team and each of the coaches and any clip that we thought was good enough to be used we put it inside their folder on the desktop of our mac computer then because me and Ashley have really bad anxiety and we just don't trust anything or anyone and we always are expecting the worst to happen in every situation we don't trust anyone including ourselves right literally which sounds kind of bad but anyways so we said we should back this up somewhere just in case something happens with the computer we aren't like screwed and the footage is like not gone because for day one we had to delete all the stuff from the the memory card to make room for day two the interviews and the footage of day two so basically by this point anything that was shot on day one which a lot of the footage that we got was day one was gone we had to erase it to make room for day two so what we did is we also uploaded everything into a Google Drive, which ended up coming in handy <laughs> at this point in time. So another issue we were having is having enough storage space on the computer, which this is a brand new computer that we're using. And it has, you know, a decent amount of storage on it. But when you're working with so many video clips that are such high quality, it, they just take up a lot of space. Yeah. I mean, some of these videos are, you know, three gigs alone, just one video. So it did very quickly eat up the storage on the computer, (laughs) which we had fear was going to happen. Yeah. And we were trying to find ways to work around it. And I'm over here. The video's done. We're trying to upload it to Google Drive just to get a finalized version of the video somewhere to have saved. But it wouldn't even let me export the video to the computer because it was basically out of storage. So I'm trying to clean up the computer somehow and get rid of little things that we're not going to use. And... I made a terrible mistake because I was not aware that apparently iCloud connects to everything that's on the computer. So everything that was being pulled to the desktop was being backed up to the iCloud. Even though my iCloud, because this is my computer, my iCloud is full. Like every day I get notifications saying that like stuff isn't being backed up because my iCloud has been full for like uh, three years, I would say. I've been getting these messages for like three years. Right. It's not like we're uploading these things to the cloud. Like, it's not like these videos were being strategically put there. So I had no idea that everything was backed up there. Right. I didn't think it was being backed up. I'm looking at ways to save storage, and I see I I can clear up, like, almost 100 gigs just by disconnecting iCloud. So I'm like, great, sure. Because we don't use it. Because nothing important is in the iCloud, right? We don't use it. So I do that, and guess what happens? Everything that was on the desktop, which was all of our 
interviews, all of our videos that were organized nicely that we spent hours doing. Everything got deleted. Including the video, basically. Right, because what happens, I mean, anyone that like edits- the final video. Anyone I mean. that edits videos knows what I'm talking about. Basically, like, the, the project folder was still there. Like, the project file, I guess is the correct terminology, was still there. But all of the videos were deleted from it because they were deleted off the computer and it can no longer find the files that were in the video because they're not there, because they were deleted. So then we spent a good hour on the phone with Apple trying to do anything we could to get the video back. Basically, just to be told that there's really nothing that they can do. We were both super upset, so upset to the point where, like, I almost wasn't even reacting. Yeah, which that, I think for us, I mean, you guys don't know us, like, super personally, but, like, we are very, like, we have very intense emotions, so I expected myself to be, like, on the floor sobbing, but I was just so emotionless, and so were you. We were just, like, sitting there, like, just staring at each other, like, when it happened, I remember saying to Brittany, it's gone, (laughs) and Brittany's like, what? And I'm literally like, it's gone. And my stomach dropped. And then I started, like, pacing back and forth, thinking, like, what are we going to (laughs) do? And then we just kind of, like, sat there, and then we just started to be rational. So I'm proud of ourselves for that. Because I think as two people who have really, really high levels of anxiety, we did handle that situation really well. Yeah. I think also (laughs) it's a testament to the way you and I deal with stressful situations, which we've done a lot in our life. Because we somehow, it felt like the world was ending in a way, but we also kind of remain calm yeah. and somewhat rational. Look at this. This is turning into a therapy session. <laughs> Honestly, guys, the point of this podcast is just to say hey and like give you an update on what we've been doing. <laughs> but yeah. um, honestly, we felt like we wanted to share that with you guys because it was pretty bad. Like the fact that that happened, we, we worked so hard on it. It was done. It's 20 minutes long, which, you know, 20 minutes, it, it being 20 minutes is one thing. But then when you actually make the video, it takes much longer than that. Like, it's not just 20 minutes to make the 20-minute video. Like, we're talking hours every day for a week and a half. I think, yeah, we literally spent the better part of a full week, almost, like, every hour that we could be awake working on this video. Yeah. It's hard to estimate how many hours we spent on it, but it was a lot. Yeah. And I think one of the hardest parts in the editing process was getting the music to be right. Mm-hmm. And somehow, some way, <laughs> things worked out. But we were having to, like, hand edit the music. Specific parts of the music to make it, like, cut out at this point and then come back at this point And we're not music editors. I never claim to be. I do not want to be. <laughs> but we were for this project. So, honestly, just so much went into it. And having it get deleted was really, really painful. But... We ended up kind of working through it and we were able to get some of the stuff back and then some of it we did have to redo again. So I guess it ended up being okay in the end because the video got done. And in some ways, I feel like it was better the second time we did it. We were able to fix things that before we didn't have done. So yeah, like little, just little tiny things like someone saying, um, you know, we would delete the um or, or making clips more, you know, stabilized and it's not shaking. So just little things that people probably wouldn't even notice, but we noticed because we overanalyze everything. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, we're really proud of how it turned out. We can't wait for you guys to see part two when it comes out and, Please go watch it if you're interested and, you know, share it if you like it. Let us know what you think. Um, Yeah, we put a lot of work into it. It was our little baby passion project because we're so passionate about Michigan and about college gymnastics in general. So um, I think it meant a lot to us to be able to even 
do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it did, especially as lifelong Michigan fans. It was it was so cool for us and, you know, definitely emotional too. So grab your tissues, grab some popcorn or a snack because it's definitely a little bit long. And please, if you cry, let us know. Because that was also something is we want everyone to cry when they watch this. Yes. So if you do, you just got to let us know. Everything was very strategic with this. So don't be ashamed to admit you cried because <laughs> we want you to cry. <laughs> But But mission accomplished, though, even with the girls, like Sierra Brooke shared it, and she said that she was crying. We saw Bev at Michigan's exhibition, the one they had in Chrysler a couple days ago. She came up to us and said that she cried when she watched it. We got a text from Eliana who said she cried when she watched it. So I feel like we we achieved the goal of making people cry. Someone, I forget who, but someone tweeted. They Mm -hmm. didn't, like, tag us in it, but I just happened to see their tweet, and they said that they cried. So I'm like, okay, so it's working. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) But... On that note, um, we mentioned Michigan's exhibition. We do plan on doing another episode kind of talking about the college gymnastics season and previewing, you know, what we're seeing as far as what teams are doing in the gym and at some of the exhibitions and inner squads that are happening. I have so many thoughts. Yes. I'm really excited to share them all with you, and I want to hear your thoughts too. So we're going to save that for another episode just because I feel like it deserves a whole episode and there's lots that we can say on it. This one is kind of just like a random check-in, like saying, hi, we're alive. And yeah, because <laughs> honestly, it's been so long since we've sat down and just talked to you guys. So honestly, that's what this is. We just wanted to say, hey, let you know that we're doing well. That we plan on coming back and you know getting back in the swing of things and but that's something we should also probably mention right now because things are slowing down kind of in this exact moment as in like the last two weeks of december because you know i'm done i just wrapped up my first semester of grad school ash is graduating like she said um my work life and getting in the, the getting the hang of things getting in the swing of things i recently started a new job but that's going well you know, we're looking forward to college gymnastics season and we want to be able to post as much as we can, but we also got another opportunity. <laughs> so we are going to be doing the commentary for Michigan's home meets. Yeah. The ones that aren't on the Big Ten Network. Obviously. But the ones that aren't on the Big Ten Network or on any other TV platform are the really good meets. Right. Like we are low key, not, no, not low key. We are high key commentating the best meets of Michigan's season. So we got the season opener against Georgia. Then the second meet of the season is against Arizona State. Which they are looking so good, and we're so excited to see that. Yes. And then senior night, the last meet of the regular season, or their last home meet, is a quad meet. Try meet. Yeah, try meet, sorry. Against Auburn and West Virginia. Which so we're going to get to see Suni Lee. We're going to get to commentate Suni Lee. Assuming that she's in the lineup, obviously, but I yes. think that she will be, especially at that point because it'll be the end of the season. Yeah. They asked us to do it, and we were like, absolutely. We love Michigan, obviously, and, you know, I have some experience commentating years past. I did a little bit of stuff with the MAC last year, EMU and CMU, so um, it's exciting to be able to commentate for this my favorite been, team. Like, we've talked about this. More for you, though. Like, me, I'm over here, like, I don't want my voice in anything because I'm, like, super self-conscious. As someone who has a podcast. I know, right? I sound Make like, it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I'm, it's not really, like, my thing. You know, I'm over here, like, a social worker. I want to be a therapist someday. Like, that's, like, my field. Mm-hmm. And Ashley's more of, like, the journalism, media, commentary, like, that type of stuff, which I think is fun and I love to be a part of, but it's definitely not something that I really see myself doing. Yeah. Whereas you, I feel like you kind of like 
you, it could be your thing, you know? Yes. But they asked both of us to do it. And, you know, I do think we were used to talking with this podcast and you have your experience. So I think it'll be a good thing. I am looking forward to it. I'm a little bit nervous, but. Yes. Well, understandable, but I think it'll be good. And, you know, like we said, having to commentate so many amazing teams is going to be really exciting. Hopefully good competition, like a close competition. That's always what's most fun is when it actually comes down to, you know, the last rotation and the last couple of routines. I'm going to have to try really hard to contain my excitement. Because yeah. I want, like, tense flying, and I want, like, <laughs> Suni Lee, like, nailing her bar routine. You want her to do the Navieva. Yeah. And then it's like, what happens if she does? Or, like, what if these things do happen? I'm going to have to, like, not be a fan. I'm going to have to be like, calm. <laughs> calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> Which I guess I am pretty calm, but I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> different. I think just watching Amy and then having to, like, talk while you yeah. watch me to however many people are listening. Right. Um. Did we say where it's going to be on? I don't think I don't think so. So it's going to be on BTM Plus, to our knowledge, as of now. Which I know is kind of unfortunate because you have to pay for it. And I know that they haven't had the greatest, um, like, streams in the past. There's been issues with, like, the quality or, like, the stream buffering and things like that. So I know a lot of gymnastics fans don't particularly like BTM Plus, but... Um, we hope that one, because Michigan is the national champions and also two, because your friends are going to be commentating it, that you'll tune in. And if not, it's okay. We won't be offended. No, we totally won't be. Like, I totally understand that some people don't have like the means to, um, pay for extra streams like that. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Like, I just think it should be free. Mm -hmm. Or I think this is a complaint that I've seen a lot of gymnastics fans have, but they should have a pass for gymnastics, like big, a big time gymnastics pass. Well, it's annoying because they do for other schools, like football, basketball, hockey, you know, whatever. Other sports. Yeah. And then schools. (laughs) Oh, did I? Yeah. But you can do it by school. Yeah. You can do it by school, which is what we do. We do one for the university of Michigan. So we can watch any like university of Michigan sport. Um, even though we really only just watch gymnastics and occasionally football, but I just checked the other day and they have the option to do pretty much every sport that you can think of aside from gymnastics. I don't really get that considering that there is such a large fan base for college gymnastics. Yeah. I just don't think they realize it. They're completely missing this market. You know, Yeah, they can be making a lot of money because think about how many people would for this time of year get a gymnastics pass there's there's so many gymnastics fans that especially now that michigan's the national champions there's so many people that would pay yeah. to watch big 10 gymnastics. And, and i want that for them and i know that like bev has said stuff before like i think that they want they want that attention of the like the, the sec schools guy like of being yeah. a top school and the recognition and being taken seriously by networks and getting yeah. more media coverage like it all is something that kind of plays into one another and i just think that Sometimes people in those higher up positions, at, whether it be at you know the Big Ten Network or ESPN or wherever, um, they still just don't take gymnastics seriously. Right, because the people in charge are usually football bros who only care about football and basketball and sports like that. But there is so many people who do care about gymnastics. I know for certain if the Big Ten Network actually allowed that option to pick by sports and included gymnastics in that, then so many people would be willing to do it. No, I agree. I think that... You see how successful gymnastics is nationwide, but even when you look at just the SEC, I mean, they have so many fans, and there's people that are willing to pay for gymnastics, so I just wish that they would see that too. Mm -hmm. I do want to say, though, in regards to the Big Ten Plus stream, that I do kind of think that it depends on the school, because they're the ones that are ultimately the ones running the broadcast. Right. So... There have been schools that will just focus on just the home team or have really bad like camera angles and stuff like that. I've seen Michigan's before and they're really, 
you know, pretty good. It's a clear picture. And, you know, if it's a dual me, I don't see why they wouldn't be going back and forth. I know that's something that Bev has not liked in the past with other schools. So I don't think Michigan is going to do that. So I, I do think I'm, I'm optimistic. That Michigan hasn't be, done that, just to be clear. In yes. The past, they've, not, they've always been fair about, if it's a quad meet, for example, or a tri meet, they will show Michigan. They'll make Michigan the priority because that's like the home team. It's it's their broadcast. I'm putting that with like air quotes. Mm-hmm. But they immediately, the second that person finishes, they'll go to somebody from another school and pick up another routine that's going yeah. on. So I guess my point is, is that I'm, I'm optimistic that it's going to be a decent quality stream for fans if people do want to get the pass. Yeah. And. And, you know, have the ability to watch Michigan all season long. And it works for away meets, too. So it's their home meets. If you do, like, the Michigan, um, like, school pass, that'll work for Michigan's home meets and their away meets. At this point, it's the best that we can do, given that there's not a pass specifically for gymnastics, which kind of sucks. Yeah. They do have two other home meets that are going to be televised on the Big Ten Network, so that's good. I think that's Michigan State and Penn State. But, yeah, in my opinion, like we already said, the other three meets, Georgia, Auburn, West Virginia, ASU, I think those are going to be really exciting matchups. And I kind of wish that one of those was actually on TV, but now yeah. I'm kind of glad that we're commentating because <laughs> then selfishly, like, we can enjoy that and be the ones that talk about yeah. it. So. so if you guys want to join us at these meets, we'll put the link to BTM Plus in the show notes below just to make it quick and easy for you guys to access that. But we hope you'll join us this season. Other than that, I guess the only thing that's really happened since we've been gone that's been like a big deal is just a couple days ago, actually, Tom Forrester announced that he's stepping down from his position as a high performance coordinator, effective December 31st. So two more weeks of Tom Forrester and then he's done for. Bye, Tom. Don't let the door hit you on your way out. (laughs) And it's not that surprising considering the amount of backlash that I feel like he's received this entire quad and also just how he sounded and I guess how he talked about his position on the What Makes You Think podcast back in November, which is something that we never even talked about because obviously we were gone. So we never really actually addressed that podcast. But I'm sure by now a lot of you have already listened to it. And I guess maybe I can just give like a quick like recap of what was in the, the contents of that podcast, um, which I will say it was a good podcast. I thought the host did a great the job. The host, yep, Nicole. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she is involved with gymnastics, and I think a lot of people wrongfully assumed that she was an employee of USA Gymnastics based off of her LinkedIn profile, Including I us. I think we did kind of fall into that as well, of just seeing people talking about her and not actually doing the research ourselves to see who she is and her affiliations with anything, including USA Gymnastics. Which is why it's important not to just see things on Twitter and believe it, like, you can't just take things at face value. You have to actually look into it yourself. And that's a reminder for everybody, including ourselves. But I do just want to say that I think that she was a great host. Like, I think she did a good job of interviewing him. I think that you could tell he was comfortable, which I think is a really huge thing when you have guests on your podcast is mm-hmm. um, you have to have some sort of, like, trust or camaraderie. There's got to be, like, something there that I think will make the person feel more comfortable to open up and be honest and reflective when they talk about things. And I think that she had those qualities. Um, Tom, on the other hand, wasn't very truthful (laughs) about a lot of things or reflective, I guess you could say. Um, He really doubled down on a lot of his (laughs) stupid decisions throughout, you know, his three year. He's been there for three years, right? Since 2017. Yeah. Um, So I guess four years because, yeah, it's 2021. Yeah. (laughs) I know. know. What have the last two years been? (laughs) 
But so he um, he doubled down on basically his decision to not put a specialist on the Olympic team, such as Riley McCusker. He said because she fell on one of the days of Olympic trials. I don't remember which day she fell. Um, it was day two. Was it day two? Yeah. Okay. And basically that she was in contention up until that point, but then she fell and he took her off his mental list, I guess, for the Olympic contention, even though that she was a legitimate medal contender for bars, I would say. Absolutely. Um, so he definitely, like, stands by his decision to do that, which I think, you know, you could argue. I was so confident sitting in the stands at trials that Riley was still in it, and he wouldn't judge based off of one routine at Olympic trials. Like, she had been hitting bars. She's great on bars. The fact that he wrote her off with one mistake – is a little bit problematic. Yeah. Well, and with that, you know, his whole selection procedure, and he wanted to make it very clear that he's not the only person that selects teams, that there's a, a committee of people, which is true, but he's the the head of it. You know, he's the, the spokesperson, if you will, and kind of the face, you could say, of that side of USA Gymnastics. And, you know, he's said that he wants to be fair to the athletes, and that's why he goes by rank order. But you know, he also has said in the past that tense didn't matter, and it did come down to that. And there was a lot of points in this interview where he would say things that kind of contradicted itself, and um, <laughs> so that was really interesting and annoying. He basically admitted that he doesn't understand the code. Um, <laughs> that's nothing new. We all knew that. So he said that he didn't know how the U.S. routines would score outside of the U.S. because the U.S. didn't go to any any international competitions basically since 2019 worlds because of the pandemic and COVID, which is understandable, but I'm over here. Like it's kind of your job to figure that out. Like as the, um, I, I will keep on to say national team coordinator, high performance, whatever director, he is. whatever yeah, he is. I, I never even referred to him as that, to be honest with you, but either way, that's his job to figure those things out. So that we, his athletes and, the United States was in the best position going in that they could to get a gold medal or contend for a gold medal. But he was just spewing this narrative that it wasn't going to come down to tense because he was relying on Simone, which is understandable. I, I think that with Simone, that philosophy would have been correct. Like it wouldn't have come down to it because we had Simone. But then what happens if Simone goes down? He yeah. wasn't planning for that, which is why it was important to have the highest scoring potential with your team. Yep. And so I just think this whole, like, we didn't know how our teams were going to score because we didn't go to any international competitions. I'm just not like satisfied with that as a response because I just feel like that's his job. And if you're not selecting the team and you're not looking into the code and routine construction and how routines are being scored internationally. Then what are you doing? Exactly. And I think that's a lot of people's beef with him in general. There's also a lot of beef with, I guess, how he interacts with the media. And he went on this podcast, the What Makes You Think podcast, and basically said that nobody in the media has ever wanted or requested to talk to him. And he's only ever done like four interviews which I think he's referring to like a one-on-one. Like if he were to come on a podcast, he counts that as an interview. But like, bro, you're always in the mix zone after meets and they've been virtual for the last And he's been requested. And he, yes, like we know that he has been and he's been there too. And like that counts, that that's an interview. That's your chance to speak to the media. And at the times that he has been at those press conferences or the in, through the mix zone, he would say things that were kind of misleading or didn't really make sense. Or condescending. Yeah, or, yeah, condescending with the media in particular. Like, he's very, like, 
I don't know. He just had an attitude. He's like, ho-hum, everyone hates me. Like, he just has that attitude, yeah. I feel like. And then he takes that out on the media. Yes. Totally. When the media is just trying to get answers because that's their job. And it's his job right. to answer those questions. Right. We're trying to hold him accountable for decisions that he makes. Right. Or at the very least, just get clarity on things. But yeah. instead, he chooses to, you know, dodge the media, be snarky, be kind of condescending at times, make statements that don't really make sense or contradict something that he said previously. So that was highly, highly problematic. And I just think, especially after listening to, you know, his interview on that podcast... I just got an overwhelming sense that he's miserable in this job. If that wasn't already like abundantly clear, um, it was definitely clear after this that he very much missed what he was doing before and wasn't happy in the role that he was in as the high performance coordinator, well, and or he high also director, or whatever. Yeah, well, and he also said that. I mean, he basically admitted that he took the position under the assumption that Valeri would want the position back. Like, for him, I think it was temporary from the get-go. Yeah. Like, he never actually saw himself in this position long-term. And you can kind of see that, I feel like. Even just throughout the last four years, you can see that he wasn't really in it. He didn't really seem to care that much. He didn't seem that passionate about the job. And I think it kind of showed. I think it's about time, and I'm not too shocked to, you know, see this happening. I think... We need someone in this position who, first of all, understands the code. Um, somebody who can use strategy to pick teams and not just go off of all-around rankings or feelings and kind of just crossing your fingers and hoping that things are going to work out. As we saw in Tokyo, that didn't really work. Um, I think we need someone who is transparent with the athletes, but also with the media. And somebody who isn't afraid of criticism and can kind of take criticism in stride as opposed to getting pissy or like being passive aggressive when questioned on his logic or the decisions that he's made. Mm-hmm. And I think that is going to apply for anybody going forward. Like that's the kind of person that we need in this position. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk right now about who we think is going to take the position. And to be honest with you, I don't really know if I have an opinion at this point in time. Yeah. Because I just think, as we've seen in the last several years, um, I just feel like you don't always really know people Mm -hmm. unless you know them. And I think being a part of the media, being a fan of the sport, let's be real. We really don't know these people, these coaches, these people in positions of power. We think we do. Right. We can kind of get an idea and, you know, we can always listen to the athletes and, you know, an athlete can say that they had a really good experience with their coach, but there's always the possibility that somebody else didn't have a good experience with that coach. And so I just don't know who to trust anymore. Right. And I almost feel like it needs to be somebody who's more on the outside, but I also think that can't work because to be in a position like this, you have to understand what's been going on in USA Gymnastics and what's happened in the past in order to make the necessary changes going forward. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you almost want somebody who's removed, but then you also feel like you need somebody who's not removed. So then it's like, what do we do? What do you do? Who do you pick? And I don't think this is a position that anybody is going to want because of, I guess, how much is at stake and the high level of criticism that understandably is going to come with a position like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't imagine what coach would want to put their life, their livelihood, their career on the line. Um, to try and lead Team USA back to the top again. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know who I think would be good in that position. I don't know who would want to do that. Um, yeah. I see a lot of people talking about Brian Carey 
Um, and, I, and I think I would like him in that position, potentially. I like the way he was able to pace Jade, the way that she, her gymnastics improved tremendously over the quad, and it ended up with her getting a gold medal on floor. I think he did a great job with her, even with Riley for the short period that she was at Arizona Sunrise. I mean, her gymnastics looked, before the injury, it looked better than it ever had. I mean, yeah, we've seen videos now of her doing... You know, on Aminar on ball, the double-double on floor. I mean, she just looks so much better. So gymnastically speaking, I think, you know, Brian Carey is a great coach. And then also I think that he gets the code and, you know, all of that, that side of things. Although he did create a coaching slash consulting business. I don't know if you know anything about this called Carry On Gymnastics. I saw it on Instagram. Is it going to be problematic? No. Okay. I no. thought you were telling me this because it was something problematic. <laughs> no. there. I'm like, are you kidding me? No. I'm saying it because I think it kind of shows that he's not looking for a job right now. You know what I mean? Like, he's gotcha. He's coaching probably, I'm assuming, still at Arizona Sunrays, and he's kind of created this coaching slash consulting business that I've now seen online. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he kind of wants to take that places. doesn't really give me the impression that he's, you know, looking to become the next national team coordinator, high, perform- high performance director, whatever. You know, I don't The really fact think... that we can't even remember the name of that. It's high performance director, but it just... We said national team coordinator for so many so years. Many years. It just lives in my brain rent free. Yeah. I can't switch it up. I kind of just want to keep calling it that, but then it reminds me too much of Marta, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm with you in the sense that I don't really have too strong of opinions of who I want in this position or who I think should take it. Um, it's going to be hard to find the right person because, like you said, I think a lot of people don't trust anyone involved with USA Gymnastics, anyone that's been involved in the past. Yeah, it's hard to know what you're going to get these days. And, you know, finding the right fit, it really should come down to the athletes and what they want. So I I would start there. But I think a lot of people um, within the gymnastics community, and I don't mean like the fan base, I mean like the parents of some of the, the current gymnasts or the up-and-coming gymnasts. I've seen a lot of just confliction. I think there's a lot of people who really liked Tom, and I think they're disappointed to see him go, and they're frustrated with the fact that he's stepping down or was fired. Or I, I, Did USA Gymnastics ever, like, specify? Was he fired or did he, like, He resigned. He resigned. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, either way, like, they, they have feelings about that, which I get because I think – and Simone tweeted this actually too. We should probably mention that. Simone said, in one way or another, she's basically saying, wait till you find out it actually is not Tom that's the problem. And here's the thing. And I see a lot of people on Twitter basically saying the same sentiment. Tom was not the problem. There's a lot that's wrong with USA Gymnastics. And I don't think that you can blame all of that on Tom. Um, was he an absolutely, like, horrible person? No, I don't think so. I think he was somebody who didn't really know what he was getting himself into, and I think he agreed to something, and... He made that pretty clear in the interview. It was really overwhelming for him, and I think he kind of, like, high-key started to hate it, and was like, um, excuse my language, but, like, fuck, I need to get out Yeah, he's, he's miserable on his job every day. You wake up every day and go to work, and you hate your job. Right. Um, so is he the worst person in the world? No. Do I think that he could have done a lot of things better or things differently? Absolutely. You know, like I already said, I think he could communicate better with the athletes, with the media, 
be more clear about his expectations. And- I think in terms of his coaching philosophies, I haven't heard anything negative. And no. That's just what I've heard. But, like, the athletes do seem to like him. Yes. He doesn't seem too harsh. He seems understanding. He does seem to actually care about them, not only as athletes, but as people. Well, and we have. We, we've heard that from a lot. Like, Michaela Skinner has been pretty open about it. Um, just, like, the culture change. And I think that when they're at these national team camps, the environment in the gym is different. And I yeah. think that even is why we were able to see Simone do what she did in Tokyo with having the twisties and being able to put her own like physical safety and mental health first and take a step away from gymnastics and have that decision be embraced and not looked down upon by somebody in a position of power like Tom because Simona said that like if that was Marta like that probably wouldn't have happened oh absolutely not and Marta would There's not have a lot been of willing. things that I know her and Michaela have always like hinted at. Like this would not be happening if it was Marta, right? Because so I do think that they feel more comfortable in that environment with Tom at the helm. Um, but I also know there's a lot of athletes who don't like him and right. I, I don't really blame them either. Right? Were you on the good side of the fence or the bad side of the fence? That's right. kind of what it's a matter of. So we'll see what happens. This is going to be something that the media is going to be following very, very closely, as will all the gymnastics fans. Yeah, and I guess let us know if you have any thoughts on who you think will take the position or who maybe you want to see take it. Um, definitely let us know. You can reach out to us. We're All Things Gym Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can send us an email at allthingsgympod at gmail.com and share your thoughts with us because we would love to hear them. Like I said, I don't really know where I stand right now with that. We'll see what happens. But still, we would love to hear from you. And um, just let us know what you're thinking about all this. That's it for today's episode. As we mentioned, we do plan on doing another episode where we talk about the upcoming college gymnastics season. We want to talk predictions, where we think teams are going to rank, our impressions from the inner squads that we've been seeing so far this season. That episode will likely be out the last week of December with Ashley graduating this coming weekend and just all of the fun that we're going to have celebrating her. We probably realistically aren't going to want to record that episode at any point during this week just because we're going to be kind of busy, but we're kind of shooting for after Christmas before the new year. Yeah, fingers crossed. We definitely want to get it up before the season starts, so you can look for that episode probably within the next two weeks. In the meantime, we hope you guys have a great holiday season. We hope that you're able to spend lots of time with your family and friends, and we will talk to you all real soon. Bye. Bye.